for the third time. Three, two. What's up? What's up, everybody? And welcome to the Cage Bird Chronicles season four. Y'all should already know the rules by now, but just in case you are new to the podcast, all who are willing to listen are welcome. We are back and better than ever for this new season, and I, for one, cannot wait to get started. And especially this week's topic, I'm super excited for it. That being said, it's your girl, <laughs> Sydney, a.k.a. Sage. Dana, a.k.a. D-Pat. It's um, <clears throat> me. B. It always no, gets you, awkward when it gets to me because I'm. Yes. my name is just B. <laughs> like, I don't know what y'all be wanting from me, but... <laughs> Every time. Effort. Effort. <laughs> and it's Chanel, aka Lazy. So moving on to announcements. <laughs> Little Birdie told us some of y'all aren't subscribed to the CBC social media pages. So now is the time. Go to Instagram and click the bell because we do not want you to miss any of our dope content, giveaways, or merch updates. And speaking of merch updates, our new merch site is www.whitetearswithaz.com. It has launched and our new merchandise is available now. Yay! Thanks. It's real cute stuff, y'all. Y'all should at the very least go to the website. One, because it's awesome. And two, go to the website just to look at the stuff. Because it's pretty. It's real cute. And we worked hard. It's trendy. It's some of it's very 90s, which, you know, people love. So mm-hmm. I know I love that stuff is coming. Collection. That stuff is coming to the site. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. So there is absolutely no way you haven't heard of the latest Disney movie that has swept the world and social media. Yes, we are talking about Encanto. The representation, the music, the social media presence, the mental health awareness and generational trauma messages, something and or everything about this movie struck a chord with everyone who watched it. And today we're going to talk about it. So I'm going to put a spoiler warning here. If you haven't watched, here is your warning. There are definitely spoilers ahead. But seriously, this movie came out in November, so it's really your own fault if you haven't seen it at this it's point. It's been that long? Yes, <laughs> it hasn't been that long. It was in um, theaters, too. I didn't even know it was in theaters. Yeah, we saw it originally, actually, in theaters. Hmm. And I, we saw it high. Lang oh, and we I were talk high. about this later. We, well, we watched it. <laughs> um, but quick synopsis for those of you who have not seen it and you don't care about spoiler alerts. Um, so uh, essentially, a family... A Latin A family is given a miracle that gives them a magic house and superpowers. One, mu- one muggle, whole family treats her like the outcast, but eventually her and her connection to the family are the only things that can save the home. Um, there will probably be singing in this episode. I do not apologize for it. And Disney, please don't sue us. <laughs> I sing it's gonna be some real nigga shit like I'll ride I die nigga you can bet that I ain't singing Encanto <laughs> okay but that that's not Encanto just so y'all know but I'm a real negro like real <laughs> hardcore stuff gangster shit just okay, wanted um, to establish that at the beginning of the episode <laughs> all right so the story takes place in Colombia Um, And La Familia Madrigal is being lauded as a realistic representation of the Latine family. First and foremost, um, the melanin is outstanding in 
in, in, in Encanto in general. The Afro-Latine characters were very heavily integrated into the town of Encanto, and they were integral to the plot of the movie. Um, as the you little can baby one was so cute. Mm, he was so cute. Antonio. Yeah, Antonio. With the was, hair. He, he was. And actually, they did a really good job drawing his character out. They didn't eliminate. Like, you know, sometimes Disney eliminates some some characteristics that would make sometimes. those characters. You mean right. like the Negro characteristics? Right. They, they, they minimize <laughs> them you, a lot. Right. They minimize oh, them yeah, a lot. I, was so, so, you know, I have full disclosure, y'all. I'm so sorry. I fell asleep on The Princess and the Frog the first 1,500 times I tried to watch it. But last week, I had some medication and I watched it. That's not a bad movie. I, I no, it's it. not. It's Except just it's not for the black end. for like most of the movie. She's I, a fucking frog. I was mad at the, the end because her hair, like they were like, oh, she's a princess and now her hair is Now shit. she has ringlets and shit. Mm, oh, fuck. I hate the movie. She's so crest. Yeah, I hate Princess and the Frog, and I I thoroughly believe that Disney owes us another Black princess movie because they'll what never. they've done, huh? Lion I said they'll King. never. I know they won't, but no, Lion King is not a Black princess. You're right. Movie. You're right. <laughs> okay, Lion King is talking Lion animals. King. We're not even black in the, it. Like the fact that you said Lion King, that was so that was anti-black that was listen anti-black. listen listen though you know like that's just how like goofy is a black movie like that's just the ones that we claimed was negro like, y'all know some of them black cartoons. movie there um, are black, black characters movie. in goofy but goofy, goofy is not is a black a negro movie. movie you're just gonna tell me kevin no we kevin just Campbell like in a negro goofy. movie that's a, no, but seriously, we just like Goofy, but Goofy is not a Negro movie. The dancing, yes, the that's what I'm saying. There's black characters. Love with yeah, there was there's black characters, but it's not a black movie. That is a '90s Negro name. Yes, there are black characters, but it was not a Negro movie. Why? Because he was a single dad and he was poor. No, no, not because he oh. was a single dad and he was poor. No, wow. because it didn't have the representation outside of homie dancing and he was a dog. It all seems okay. pretty negro to me. Yes, he exactly. might have been a nigga dog, but the Goofy movie does not qualify as a black movie. Oh no, I was seeing <laughs> yeah. some relations between Daddy's Little Girls featuring Idris Elba and China McLean. And that wasn't movie. even out yet. That's all I'm gonna say. It's but the stories though, Chanel, back me up. Back me up. I, I fully back you up. I Thank fully you. back you up. Nigga cartoon. Nah, I don't believe that cartoon. we should give Disney Nigga credit dog. where credit is not due. Because All the yes, black people are about are black. to request your card, Sydney. Okay. No, no, it's just not a. Don't claim it as a black movie when they don't have black characters. Like it's a, a for me. They have or when they don't have, it's not black focused. So while. Yes, they definitely had characters that were black. Wakanda, okay. It doesn't have to always <laughs> be black focused. It could just but it's not movie. a black movie. The Goofy why, movie why is not a black to kill movie. My childhood. I'm not. It's just realistic. It's not a black Pocahontas movie. Pocahontas was a lie. Like we do. We... Okay, so <laughs> I feel where both sides are coming from. Because like, yes, they were definitely black. Point blank, period. They were 100% <laughs> Definitely. That being said, I don't want to give Disney credit for making them black. 
like well, we don't have to remember that Disney was, did that shit much like well Harry it's Potter. a Disney movie so when you is give it? them they're like oh it's a black movie it's a black movie you're giving Disney credit movie. as the creators of the black movie but see but like, it wasn't I feel like only internally there's an internal memo amongst the black people that this is a black movie I don't think anybody else is aware that this is a black movie yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like that's even more of why I don't want to give them credit for it being a black movie. Get because the fuck out of here, Sydney. It's Go only Go away. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Out of here. I don't want <laughs> this. With the cast. I'm sorry. What did you say to me? I can't see you. Uh, not subscribe to Patreon. Sydney just whipped out the cast list, which I very see firmly identifies it as a white movie. Fine, motherfuckers. My God, yeah, what is that, Dante Basco? Okay. I even went to the secondary cast for oh, you, man of and color. there are two people of color in I the entire like cast. Even Bigfoot is played by a white man. Yeah. So the only people of color on here are Powerline, which we know is a black Yalman. character, Yalman. and then Dante Basco is here as additional voices. He's not even a character. <laughs> He's not even credited. Okay. <laughs> He's not a character, and when okay, you keep but are we saying down, the lion? Are we saying the Lion King is a black movie, though? Wait, wait, that is a black movie. You never to play King me. One hundred percent. No, I just want to look at the. No, it is. It's it a is. couple white people in there. The Star is white. Zazu is white. Yeah, that, that's but, what I'm doing. I'm looking at the cast of Lion King. They got yeah. white people too. But even in the black. context of Lion King, we knew that Zazu was white. We all yeah, James Zazu Earl Jones and Whoopi Goldberg qualify that movie as a Negro movie. Nobody else matters. First of all, what the so fuck? It, Matthew so Broderick with Simba? Yeah. yeah. So it just needs two black people to make a black movie? No, um, there's, Robert, there's Rafiki, there's Shenzi, there's Mufasa, Mazala, who was a black woman. Oh, wait, those are two woman? very par- powerful blacks. So they watch went your deep mouth. for the okay. black. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's also the it's quality, not just quantity of the blacks that they hire. It's not like Mike and yeah, it's Chris Jones, Tucker. Jones, it's Whoopi James Goldberg, Earl Jones and Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> Well, like it's also it's also the setting. So, like Lion King also takes place in Africa. So, before we get off on a completely and totally different tangent, we we're talking about how Afro Latine characters were very heavily integrated into the town of Encanto, and they were integral to the plot of the movie, which we saw because one of the primary families in Encanto was um was um so they have the same last name so it was felix's kids families yes okay <laughs> so um kids. sorry go ahead the brown kids i just said the, the brown, brown kids kids with peppa and felix and oh uh, uh, that's a cute oh my god are. dude and donito is the cutest child that disney has ever animated i am not taking arguments no he is so cute the cutest fucking kid he is cute. <laughs> between between um him and Moana, they did a really good job Moana's painting. Moana's a very here. close second, but no, don't you do with Moana. Moana. I'm sorry. It's because um, babies of color are so cute. That's true. Um <clears throat> so also Lynn Manuel Miranda was a composer for this movie. Um, yes, homie from Hamilton. Um, what else was did he do? And he Moana. also did a lot of Moana um, composing as well. He and played an integral part as a cultural reference for the film, which 
he did he did it better considering his response from in the heights and not having enough melanin i'm pretty sure he went back to disney and was like y'all bitches better change this shit because they ain't wasn't come that at me him though? it was well that's it what was, he said yeah it wasn't directed by him in the heights who cast it i don't, I don't know. know who did the casting but the problem is that whoever casted it him. he put his name on it yeah and he exactly. approved it and posted it so it doesn't like he put his name on it and so everybody came after him even if he didn't have a part in it he put his name out there i have feelings so, about Lin manuel manuel that are and, very and, eh. i don't I like understand hamilton has uh, well i don't get hamilton because uh alexander hamilton was a white man and did not suffer the struggles of um being i don't a- give a fuck if it's an all-black cast or not why go tell a different story i don't care about this thank and- you nat turner you could have made a musical about nat turner it would have been a thousand times better i, I don't watch first. that shit i, just, Ooh, me, I don't watch absolutely. that shit i don't watch the fuck out of a nat turner musical but okay my problem with Lin-Manuel Miranda is that he's kind of become the poster child for palatable diversity yeah. So, like, anytime anybody wants to do something ethnic, they're just, like, reaching for Lin-Manuel Miranda's schoolhouse rock Latino kind of vibe. Like, Please see me and Sydney's special episode from, like, season one on palatable Blackness, because that's right. what the fuck Lin-Manuel Miranda is, and it, I just, I don't like him. But I feel like Encanto was better for what he has a reputation for doing to Latino culture, I think. Encanto was a much better effort. Like he was a lot truer to the Latino roots rather than trying to water everything down and get white people to like it. Mm. And I think that played off a bit more in Encanto than it should, than it did. It has anywhere else, really. Than, yeah. In anything that he's done that I know about. Huh? He knew better. Oh, but absolutely. Absolutely. But shit slapped. I'm sorry. I was, I'm, I'm, weak. Weak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Get credit where it's due. He did a good job. Yeah, fuck you, but that was that was tight though, bro. <laughs> I mean, he, he's 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 a good musician. Hands he down. He is a very <sighs> good musician and he's a good composer. And he proved himself with the most recent Disney movies and in the heights and so on and so forth. However, I was very hesitant with that schoolhouse rock rendition about a white man. Um, I wasn't a fan of that. Um, I did not argue with people. Fuck Hamilton to this day. Freaking don't like that validation. Like it. Don't give a fuck. Fight me. People were hand. making me feel crazy for saying like I don't give a fuck about Hamilton. It's I don't care. Bad. It's still how I don't think musical. I don't think most black people like it, it. The only reason why it's popular is because white people thought it was fantastic because it's rap. Yep. To one that of their they can own understand. Stories. Right. To one of their own stories. That's the only reason why it got popular. But. Heading back to him and Encanto, he did a fantastic job with the music. And Disney also did a good job in not making and not only making it inclusive, but in a way that did not feel forced or inserted, but ill um or inserted but ill-fitting, like it has in other films, aka um Frozen 2. And then also okay, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna dust it because that's been making me mad since the moment that fucking movie came out. I why frozen, period. What yes, that. But in particular, Frozen 2 made me mad with for some reason, there is a dark-skinned black man in rural Norway in like the early the early, like what what century is this? Is that Don Cheadle? I have no idea who's. They inserted Don Cheadle into like 
1200 BC Norway or wherever the fuck. How did you get there? <laughs> how did you get there? Please explain to me how you got there. Stop with the dog cheetle in Norway. But you know what? Who, who, who voices those goddamn goblins? Because I I feel like they got some old ass wise black men to be those goblins to impose wisdom upon these white people. And they I don't remember his name. No Otherwise, idea. I'd tell you. But, but yeah, no. But I like that Encanto did the integrated darker skin people in a way that didn't feel like that. Mm, that mm. for some reason there is a random black man in rural Norway in the 15th century. It's like they have a checklist and they're like <clears throat> sexually ambiguous. Check. Oh, close! It was Sterling <clears throat> K. Brown. You know what I? You know what I want to say is like. Disney, like you're allowed to make a white movie if you would just also make movies of other colors. Like, thank you, thank it's you. It's fine to have thank Brave you. have only white people in it. It's fine exactly. for Frozen to only have white people. Like, just we don't want you to force black people into places that black people. We know black people don't belong, but there there's are a problem. Significant stories that you can tell about black people or about you know people of different cultures but you know what it is a market because there are black people that are just like but they put a negro yeah well like, the problem is it's such a we're we're so desperate to see ourselves on, on the screen ship. yeah i don't like that i don't need them to include us in anything just like get the fuck out the way like let people do what they're gonna do and stop acting like y'all don't like what we do when you're just about to steal it or if you don't want to do it, then make enough room in the market for other people to be able to do it. And don't exactly. just continue to chase people out. You don't want to make Black cartoons, Black princesses, you know, um, Latin princesses, all of that. Then at the end of the day, move to the side and let somebody else make those types of movies and stop freaking monopolizing everything. But the Black man is played by Sterling K. Brown, who is the Black man from Happy This Old Is no, this that's no. the black man he's, from this is this is us. Okay, I haven't seen that one, but he's in other stuff. He's always like really sad and everything and emotional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know this guy. Is that the guy from Black Panther, the dad earlier? Yes. No. Is it? Yes. He's Killmonger's dad. Yeah, he's Killmonger's dad. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's always like emotional, even when he's like the bad guy. He's like such a good job. He's a he's a good actor. He's a fantastic he is. actor. Which is why they got him. Mm-hmm. Facts. That's facts. they were like notable respected black men put them in the movie right but <clears throat> um the other thing about uh disney is that they made a deliberate effort to subvert stereotypes so first and foremost the second darkest skin member of the family was considered the most beautiful and perfect in every single way and then also for some reason, it always fucking stuns white people that siblings can be several shades lighter or darker than one another. Yeah, that's crazy because my grandma had 10 kids and they like go from like this to like not this. <laughs> like, well, like y'all can't see. You, they are they <laughs> are a rainbow because we are, you know, mel- we come in colors. Like Melanie everybody looks different. Sexy. Like yep. some people are like really light and have green eyes and then others are like darker and got brown eyes, but they all come from the same place. Um, it's called phenotypes and we dope like that. So yeah, no, it always it always makes me laugh that white people are always fucking shocked and like questioning paternity if your child comes out like 
a half a shade darker than you expected them to be like bitch my entire life <laughs> bro my entire even when I go to get I like get my nails done about the year I can go get my nails done with my mom and people will be like your friend and I'll be like my mother and they'll be like like your mom mom and I'll be like 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 I came out of her vagina being a white person must be boring. <laughs> must be so boring and it's not but it's not just them either like this black man straight up told me that she wasn't my mom once and I was like bitch who the fuck are you like I was calling for her something you get an opinion on right I was like I was calling for her through the store and he was like that's not your mom and I was like bitch who the fuck are you <laughs> I get that in reverse because I gave birth to a child that came out and had like to me what looked like very like clear like black nose like my exact nose like a black nose and like puffy little adorable lips but it was like white as hell and nobody thought that I was a mom everybody thought I was the babysitter so coming back to Encanto um and representation is kind of a subset of representation they also did a good job of representation as far as body positivity because they had a couple of big boned characters um, in th- there in the film that weren't necessarily defined by that characteristic. So they stepped up the representation without playing into the typical stereotype stereotypes surrounding those body types. So like Luisa, she's big, she's buff, she's strong, she's fitness focused, but she's not, you know, like a low key mask lesbian like they always do in everything. Dress. Yeah, she's still feminine. She's still pretty. She still has feelings and she's sensitive and everything. And she's such you a know what's favorite character in this movie. And I love her so much. Okay, go ahead. And stop taking that <laughs> shit away from her. That's the annoying thing. And stop making her a lesbian. Right. Like not a lesbian. Just because she's buff or she's fit. And she, you know, the, just because of the way she's shaped doesn't mean that she has to be made into a lesbian. Like exactly. some of y'all are reaching. Right. I feel like, well, uh, first of all, Y'all know how long it took me to watch this movie. But anyway, I just feel like Disney is tweaking their, uh, like the dial of like, how much do we pander and how much do we need yeah. to not be so fucking obvious about Absolutely. it? Like what's the but right I feel mix? like that's on purpose though. Yeah. And I, I, I dig it in this context because there are like, you know, big buff girls who are are still heterosexual. And it's because it's what we want them to do, but like exactly. they're only doing it because they want our money. Like, but, but this is how also it's supposed the to work. only ones actually doing it and doing it well. So we kind of have no choice but to give them our money. It's a vicious cycle. So in this specific case, Louisa actually was originally drawn to just have super strength and be like skinny, thin, and not be buff. But the millennials that had actually written Encanto fought and like the artists fought. So that way Louisa could actually be shaped the way that she should naturally be shaped to be portrayed as a big buff character. They and were it's trying to draw her has- small Sorry. and petite. Yeah, it's not just that she has super strength. She's fitness focused. So like right. constantly lifting weights, she's constantly running. It would not make sense for that person to still be very slender and, you know, Disney bitch pretty like and let's I mean she she's still pretty she's gym. still feminine but <laughs> yeah right. exactly um and I like that I like that they did that they did that on purpose because for representation purposes and I thought that was really cool and Louisa is my favorite character in the whole thing um and then okay so we were talking about Felix Felix is the black man amongst the family who had the the brown kids who cannot 
and the whole family you. cannot hold water amongst them. Family of chismosos. They are saying a whole song about it. it We're not so going to talk about Bruno, but here's everything that you need to know about Bruno in, in <laughs> song form, actually. Um, but okay, so Felix is a big, beautiful man, right? Like he's he's a he's a thick daddy. He's double cheeked up, and he You're not a they, ten, you know. Got eight. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. Felix, get it. He is mm-hmm. cake. There was no reason for Felix to be <laughs> for Felix. Right. To be they, got, they reached for the Pixar mom pencil when they drew Felix for some reason. That um, <laughs> that what are the Incredibles? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The Incredible <laughs> pencil. They grabbed that for Felix. Um, but so he's a big guy, but they don't portray him always eating something or always being hungry or somehow very he obvious. Loves to dance, right? Yeah, he likes to dance. They portrayed him dancing in multiple scenes. So he's active, very obviously still active and everything. And he's not something that I notice and a lot of bigger people notice. He's not obviously less intelligent than everybody else Mm -hmm. because usually the fat person is fat and stupid. And just sensitive. In fact, if you pay attention, he he actually monitors in the movie, he monitors Camilo's food intake. And it says, yeah. hey, go back to the table and sit down and stop trying to trick yourself into having seconds. Exactly. And speaking of Camilo, um, Camilo is, okay, f- with Camilo, I want to say from the jump, Disney is not confirming that Camilo is in any way non-binary, gender fluid, anything like that. That's However, the, right? the shapeshifter? Yeah, that's yeah, okay. the one who changes faces. Oh. Um, the However... I would like to say that Disney very deliberately did not make a big deal about Camilo shapeshifting between men and women. Right. Whereas, like a common theme, whenever a man shapeshifts into a woman, it becomes some kind of toxic masculinity crisis. Or whenever a, ma- a woman shapeshifts into a man, she's like, ew, I, I, I'm, an, I'm a dude. Like, it's, they didn't do that with Camilo. And that made me very happy because Camilo didn't really give a fuck. <clears throat> he didn't or they didn't no but i feel like, like second favorite times yeah really? i like camilo he but i feel like speak enough for me he was what he didn't speak enough for me true true um i feel like at the same yeah, time we so make a funny he was funny sydney go ahead <laughs> i feel like at the same time they have made a habit into making a lot out of nothing in some ways because it's not like this is not the first time this type of shape-shifting character has existed in mass media so for example um what is her name from x-men and i'm drawing a blank as soon as i said it she can transform Mystique. mystique thank you mystique transforms into men women whatever she feels like transforming into she does and there wasn't that big of a deal you know i think the problem is maybe the fact that Camilo is still a child that people are that that would have the issue with it. Well, I feel like it's the same issue that we were talking about with Luisa, where people are kind of overreading into what's happening. So Camilo mm-hmm. just shapeshifts into whatever form is convenient. But, you know, his common like walking around the house form is still his you know, outwardly presenting male form. So he's not necessarily making a statement on, you know, gender fluidity or anything. I'm kind of annoyed that like, <clears throat> sorry. No, go ahead. Dry in the chest. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> the fan's on. 
it's the air um that I know that we don't find it a big you know like a big thing because we when we catch ourselves like we correct ourselves Mm because whatever it's a matter of respect but like the fact that this is still such a big deal that we have to argue with people in real life that to mind their fucking business which is probably why Disney was like we're just not gonna bring attention to it because people should be minding their fucking business like that's literally agreed yeah Mm -hmm. that's what I'm saying like I like that they didn't make a big deal about it that Mm -hmm. was my point yeah like that was grabbing stuff that's the that's the biggest issue that I've seen with this movie that people are like reaching and they're grabbing for something they said Isabella's a lesbian they said white people want to be dramatic it's like, not just white exactly. people though. It's not oh, just white people first though point. that are doing the same thing. But with like the first it, point before you got to yeah. the that. But yeah. like Isabella, just because she does not want to be with Mariano, now everybody like, and, oh, Isabella and grew a cactus and grew a cactus. <laughs> now she's a lesbian. And that's Wait, not. What does a cactus have to do with being a lesbian? Absolutely fucking nothing. But if you <laughs> um like. Listen. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I guess cacti are male plants. I don't know. I guarantee you somebody connected it because with the way these commercials been hitting in Virginia, these people it's because what? So the logic that Virginia I saw school. explaining it was because like she grows flowers in typically, which are, you know, typically considered feminine. So she doesn't want to grow flowers. She doesn't want to be married. Those right. are both attributes you know attributed to femininity so clearly and she's growing she's rejecting those things she doesn't like dicks right <laughs> which is crazy because because the flowers are gender fluid <laughs> it's a fucking flower like there are male and female flowers like, and there's asexual <laughs> flowers like i don't what the dumb that's what i mean like the leaps of logic and like the willingness to just reach for shit is is that's amazing so it is like don't get me wrong that really did a good job of representation but i feel like people definitely did reach a bit far and by people i do mean white people because white people are a lot of the people that are reaching for these things one drama but two a lot of the arguments that i saw like on tiktok or something because encanto fucking swept tiktok right um a lot of the arguments from white people that I saw uh, towards Encanto about the representation are like, oh, I don't see enough of myself in it. That's why they made everybody gay. That, yeah, that's what like, I'm seeing. Yeah. Yep. That they in order to draw some about. kind of connection. Yeah, they did. In order to draw some kind of connection, I can't connect with you as a character because you're brown. So I'm, I have to make you like me, like me some way, shape or form. Like, no, they're not gay. It's just just a story about dynamic Latina characters. That's just, that's it. It's like, oh my gosh, Mirabel has a rainbow on her outfit. So obviously that's not a sign of her aunt Peppa, like everything else on her body. That (laughs) means that she's a lesbian or what what do they say? Not necessarily lesbian, but um, because I think the colors, I think it was that she was what, trans or something? Whoa. No, it's just Whatever it was. Bye. Oh, bye. Bye. Okay, cool. 
I mean, yeah, even if that's true, who fucking cares? It's not relevant to the story. I mean, bi people probably care because they're being represented. So, like, if that's not true, then... But if the the character didn't make any deliberate statement towards it. So just because they have three colors on their, their, you know, in the rainbow on their dress doesn't necessarily mean they're bi. And I feel like to just throw that on the character in order to find some sort of connection is unfair. So y'all know I fucking hate capitalism. So I'm gonna make this make sense real quick, right? They did it on purpose, okay? They put all yeah. that shit. They the cactus thing and the <laughs> and the colors that may have meant some shit. They weren't mm-hmm. the, that's why I said like Disney is using like they're figuring out what they can get away with to keep. They're not gonna be like, oh, we're gonna go after just the liberals or yeah. we're gonna go after just the conservatives. No, they're gonna be like, no, we're gonna find a way. To play both of them. (laughs) Yeah, and we might not get good attention, but we can figure out a way to get them to watch it, even if they're just going to talk shit about it afterwards. Exactly. No, I mean, but uh, again, unfortunately, Disney is, so they're doing that by doing it right in, in, in a certain way. So they're doing that. They're playing us like a fucking fiddle by doing it ethically. So Mm -hmm. we give them our money Mm because they're the only ones that can really afford to be able to do it right all around. Money. So we have to pay them. Huh? Chanel. It's slow. Leave them alone. (laughs) Let them munch in peace. (laughs) I just watched it. (laughs) (laughs) what what are we eating because it looked good it's i was like you didn't want none of them crumbs gone it's you green like, cheese and cranberry crackers oh i understand uh, fuck that up yeah, that's, yeah. That's <laughs> i just i just laughed because i was saw i saw you just <laughs> I, like, I don't eat cheese but that sounds like that's some tangy and sweet deliciousness yeah. a, little a little sounds like it needs wine though yeah yes. yeah but so Encanto Disney recently has been making more of an effort to do it right I think Encanto is a good example of where they have done it right but Shelby you are absolutely right in that they are only doing it right so they can milk us for every dollar that we have because they know that we're so desperate for this representation in the first place. Oh yeah. I've kind of figured out that like I'm never going to show up to any of these kinds of conversations where we discuss like the good things that big corporations do. It's never going to end with me being like anyway, good job. It's always like it's always going to be like anyway, still fuck y'all. Like yeah. Thanks I for mean, the stuff. yeah, but you do still have to give credit where credit is due for doing oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it right. Because like again, a, unfortunately, they're the only ones doing it right. It's like a managerial review. Like you say like, oh yeah, we heard you did this good. You did this good. You fucked up here. But then again, you know, you did good here. But then you yeah. fucked up again. But like overall, yeah. good stuff, good stuff. You're not wrong. But that's how I feel. Um, but you're anyway. Wrong. You're right. It is, it's, it was, it's all pandering. But at the same time, it was, it's again, nice. Uh, absolutely fucks with it you know but not you personally but moving on um it it wasn't just surface level shit because you know sometimes people meaning white people will do things that make it look like 
it's us doing things for us and they're just you know how that makes me like when I buy something I'm talking to Popeyes for everybody oh my god like when I buy something that's like all tribal looking and it's like oh yes we got this from Africa and blah blah Africa's best bet bet and then I go home and I find out the CEO is a white man man y'all Africa's best is not black owned okay and it's sitting right there in the natural hair Popeyes was owned by that Black two white women in the commercial. <laughs> like, Yo, auntie is not in the kitchen. Two white women in suits own Popeyes. Oh. So I'm fucking. I'm gonna fuck up a lot of shit for y'all. Shea Moisture. I thought Shea no. Moisture was a black owned brand for it the was. Long time. It was. It, it was. was but it's not anymore. Yeah. And I they got another one. Can too. Can too. Yeah. Not black. Oh yeah. Owned. Wait, wait. What's the not? It, it became popular with Shea Moisture, but it's Carol's um, daughter. Carol's daughter. That's the one. Never fucking worked for my hair. But then sis went out of her way to purposely go after everybody who wasn't black. She was like, "Here's Asians. Here's mixed girls. Oh yeah, yeah, black yeah. people. Here's yeah, the ginger." Yeah, that was bad. Yeah. Did we talk about that when that happened. No. Maybe. I, no, I think we've mentioned we it. We talked about it on our black hair episode, I believe. Uh, okay. This yeah, is totally so, not relevant. To- it is relevant <laughs> because <laughs> the point is that, you know, the world has a habit of just trying to trick us into doing shit. And this time, like we said, Disney's getting better at it. So they actually went and got Latine people to work on a <clears throat> Latin A movie uh-huh uh-huh they went and got some brown folks for a brown movie so this seems obvious to white people but uh us colored folk are so frequently disappointed when we come across media that is supposed to represent us when we find out that we're being portrayed by white people which i mean we just talked about this shit lion king what was the other one we were talking about princess and the frog Prince goofy, no, movie. No. Goofy, goofy movie goofy movie goofy movie like to us oh oh i'm gonna fuck something else up dragon ball z piccolo played by a nerdy ass white man okay all right and they're not gonna correct anybody on that shit because they know we like it when it seems like we're being represented they just don't want to fucking pay us exactly they don't want to employ us they don't want to deal with us they just want our money so i'm gonna fuck up popeyes okay i'm a popeyes number one africa's best and carol's daughter i really hope i'm gonna watch dragon ball z though i'm not gonna hold you (laughs) but i really hope that nobody who like represents popeyes is listening to this podcast because we're gonna get sued why i said it a fact two white women <laughs> do in fact own popeyes and they do in fact Shady use the image of a black popeyes. woman to sell traditionally negro food <laughs> using a negro southern accent oh my KFC God. Ebonics, at no point during that commercial do they say that that woman is the owner of popeyes but they portray it and under yes. the law that is a good argument for the fact that they are trying to chalk that up to how stupid or smart the customer is because at a certain point they no longer become responsible which true we should be smarter but also fuck y'all because you're doing it on purpose oh yeah fair enough fair enough so um yeah no more Popeye's dry ass biscuits we have y'all waiting for y'all wait for 35 minutes for dry ass biscuits 
I don't understand. I'm anyway. sorry, but um, <laughs> I'm gonna eat some Popeyes. There's not that many Black-owned chicken restaurants out in this area within. Well, that's not one of them. So, you know what I mean? That's fair. So, <laughs> gotta learn how to fry chicken. Open up a window and let I mean, it. I mean, I know how to fry chicken, but when I don't want to fry chicken and mess up my kitchen, wow, it's a choice between KFC and Popeyes. And you know Until who's getting my money? Right. <laughs> huh? Until you do right by me. <laughs> all your chicken gonna be crispy on the outside and raw on the inside how dare you oh you yeah, find well, me a black you. owned yeah. chicken spot up here within 10 minutes of my house okay I'm sure if you go right to it. the hood and go to a there corner, is no hood in Northern virginia I ain't no hood you. around i don't here. believe you i believe you, you we here. gotta go to dc i'm being here. here we had a black restaurant and they took it out we did. We had a black-owned chick- fried chicken spot. I got to go to DC to find a hood, and then they took it away. No, there's Ain't no, no there's no hood in Northern Virginia. As much as they front, but Rich let's continue. Huh? Anyway, y'all need to go into a gas station to get some chicken. That's all I'm saying. Huh? Um, but the point is it's that Disney did it. You know, one. they got brown people to work on this brown project. Mm-hmm. Um. And so that alleviates one of those things that we always look for. And I think that they're just learning that we are looking for certain things rather than experience. Um, So Disney made a very conscious and deliberate effort to delve into the Latina community to find talent and resources to work on this film. I mean, Disney always hires cultural consultants for most of their projects, but special efforts towards authenticity were made for Encanto that are demonstrated throughout the film. So a fun fact about that is that, did you know in Colombia, um, kids actually do drink coffee. Like that wasn't just yeah. a comedic yes. part of- but Did of you also Encanto. know that that changed? That changes in different countries. You know how Disney releases different shit mm-hmm. like with slightly yeah. altered in different countries? That's right, what- like Zootopia? Our, right, exactly. That's what she said in our country, but that's not what she said in like other countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because here so, it's not an acceptable drink for grown up for for a, a five year old. And they're right. also drinking coffee. Like it's not like the same. First of it's all, the not. coffee's better. Um, it's and not it's like lighter, this super sugary ass shit. Yeah, it's not shitty coffee. So right. I think they know how. Once again, I feel like that's just like a Caucasian reaching <laughs> into another culture and being like, "You're doing it wrong." We know better. Yeah, but that was an American edit because they knew that American parents would be pissed if they condoned a child drinking espresso. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Um, So that's cute. I didn't even realize that they were uh, drinking coffee. But then again, to be fair, when I started watching it, I wasn't that into it. Okay, took well, I think it's took- cute too because like Colombia is kind of known for their coffee, mm-hmm. so to like have that nod to like their import or their exports was cool, right? Coffee actually, they also hired Latina people to play Latina people, um, and they hired culturally significant and relevant Latina figures like Diane Guerrero. Oh, I'm sorry, um, Maro Castillo and. 
oh, I love him. Um, but I'm gonna fuck up his name. I'm sorry, John. Y'all my shit. I am the only one up on this podcast. I was trying to help you. I said John like Shelby, I thought that I thought you had a whole conversation with me about John Lego Chizamo. I don't (laughs) I like him. He's so talented. Man, I can't. He's got range. He's got range. He's so talented, especially all those versions of Bruno. So what's his name? We can't go by until we fix his name. So John John Leguizamo. Leguizamo. I love that. Okay. John Leguizamo. Mm. He sounds famous. Yeah. Uh And he is. He is very famous. famous. But do you know how (laughs) mad it was making me again on TikTok? Because again, Encanto fucking swept TikTok and is still going, honestly. Um, do you know how pissed it was making me that white people were just discovering these figures from Encanto? Like these, these, these every time like John Leguizamo are they're like, oh my gosh, this is my first time. This is his breakout movie. I was I fucking oh hate God. that shit. <laughs> Anytime white people are like, I just discovered this colored person for the first time. Be excited with me. Well, I hate it in general when they do that. There was like one song that came out. It was like a mastered song and it was a remix with, I think, like Ozzy Osbourne and something like that. And they were like, oh, this group is making this guy famous. Oh, Justin Bieber and Ozzy. Justin Bieber song. And they're like, oh, who's this guy helping Justin Bieber? I got the prime example. Who doesn't know Ozzy Osbourne existed? I think... They did. They made it like like we said, they made deliberate effort mm-hmm. to choose people who were relevant. They made deliberate effort to choose people who we would recognize, which I thought was cool yeah. because, you know, while I'm in the theater, you know, I'm like, is that this person who I, I like Fez fucking Fez is in this movie. Fez. Well, yeah. Valderrama. Uh, Valderrama plays mm. Augustine. I, I know feelings. I, I know, but I still, know. he's a Latin, Latine figure who we would recognize, whose voice is very <laughs> recognizable, as particularly to us, because he's a critical part of our community, our, our childhood. I'm glad my ears missed that. That doesn't make me feel nice about this movie. Okay, it's still a good movie, though. All right, I could have gone without that information. All right, so moving on from there, the music in the movie, as we've already mentioned fucking slaps um as previously mentioned lin-manuel miranda worked as a composer for the film writing most of the songs including la familia madrigal waiting on a miracle we don't talk about bruno and what else can i do actually fun fact waiting on a miracle um stephanie beatrice was in active labor while she was recording that song but did not decide to report that to disney while she's recording it so she just hurried up and then went she hurried up and then went she was like i didn't want to like panic anybody but like my contractions had already started when she was recording that that terrifies me i mean but it was her choice don't tell me you can't tell me women ain't strong but um i mean talk about motivation bro like if you need something to draw from you got it right (laughs) um but the songs as as everyone knows are catchy the songs as everyone knows are catchy culturally relevant and performed by famous and recognizable voices and dusted other disney soundtracks that have top billboard 
billboards in the past, including unbelievably frozen. No, it's it's very believable because. Well, I say unbelievably flat. because <laughs> if you remember, I hope that Encanto gets as much marketing and as much love and as many, you know, re-releases and sing-alongs and and Broadway and, shows. Yeah, Broadway TV versions series. Yeah, there is a TV show on the way, which I'm excited uh-huh. for. Um, but I want Encanto to get that kind of because Frozen fucking exploded. It was right. not good enough to like oh, I feel what? like Encanto <laughs> exactly. But like I feel well, like Encanto is what frozen tried to be um but they got it right with encanto um but frozen fucking exploding you know because frozen is still being re-released in theaters every christmas time like they're sing-along versions every fucking year like i want encanto to get that kind of that kind of dedication because and and you know it deserves it because as we've fucks with the encanto christmas but at um just, I mean, I'm not 100% defending it, but at the same time, Frozen was big for its time only because that was really Disney's first step and Disney addressing like not having or the reality of not being a damsel in distress and pulling themselves out of that. So it was like a woman's rights movie instead of being a cultural right movie. So Frozen, while it may not have been as... um eye-opening as uh, Encanto was, it did have somewhat of a place and it kind of laid the foundation of Disney being able to have those conversations or Disney being able to produce other movies that had those conversations that are breaking their typical stereotypes. Because if you think about it, Frozen did have that situation where the princess was trying to fall in love at first sight and you had those scenes where the queen one first we got a queen but um well uh, she's the second queen but they don't want to talk we don't talk about atlantis apparently um Mm -hmm. but yeah so we got a queen and then we also have a princess that tried to fall in love at first sight with a white man and her sister was like um no uh that's not how it happens y'all need some time you can't just fall in love with somebody the first time it happens and then they're the whole spell being broken by sister's love instead of like a romantic love so i think that's one of the reasons why it blew off also or why it it blew up also the sheer fact that white girls loved do you want to build a snowman white women got bored and they were like we need a cause the black women are causing what's our cause sisters yeah no it's white women eat that shit up the girl the girl power movies that make white women feel good about white womening, they always explode. And that's exactly what Frozen was. But Sydney, you're absolutely right in that it exploded because it was a departure from Disney's typical format of, you know, girl meets boy falls in love happily ever after everybody starts singing. Um, And I mean, Encanto is a big departure from that and that there's like no romantic interest for the main protagonist at all. Right. Um, But Disney's been trying to break away from that format for a while. Right. They just they they did a good job in in Encanto. I mean, Moana was also a very good job. Yeah, yeah, Moana was good though. Um, there's not even a love interest in Moana, and that was their next step. And now their last step is there's no love interest, and the woman saves the day. 
on top of Moana doing being the woman that saves the day and she's gonna break a generational curse it's like they're adding every time they're adding another thing that this prince is supposed to do was you the know? Raya and the Last Dragon movie? That's a Disney movie, right? Indeed. We don't yes, talk about that was. movie, though. Okay. You don't yeah. like it? What? Wait, what's no. wrong with that oh movie? Oh, my God. I, I fell asleep on it. What the fuck happened? I miss it. It was, it was Elsa's fursona. Like, is it what everyone's what? saying the dragon Stop. is? No, I liked the dragon. It was <laughs> I pretty- thought Raya was, like, all right. I hate I'd say Aquafina. I'm going to just say it. I hate Aquafina. So okay, I, okay. didn't she like didn't didn't Aquafina like ex- tried to excuse herself? Yes, it was yes. like, but I was raised. I grew up drive. in the hood. I've been around black people my whole life. So okay, and the black people don't give a fuck now. What Aquafina? <laughs> no, yeah. but see, the you problem said- with that is like you can say that to me. You could say that in general. If you go to your interviews, if you go to all of your meetings, exactly the same exact way. But the minute that you're like, oh, let me put on my white girl voice, then to me, you acting. It's a costume. Right. It's, it's a, a caricature you've made. And that's the problem. Because I, I used to like Aquafina when I thought this was legit her. That and then her. you yeah. see the videos of her like putting on her her is like zipping off the character oh and then you're like oh she becky's it right the fuck up for vanity there but when she goes on a stand-up special she's got a hella accent like no yeah so that's why she's not as likable anymore yeah so i thought she was obnoxious but i like she's also obnoxious you're not wrong i liked ray and the last dragon I liked the movie minus Aquafina, but I feel it's the black set. Exactly. But I feel like there wasn't as much effort into the cultural aspect of Raya and the Last Dragon that there was in Encanto because like they, they definitely did make an effort to like employ some, you know, real life Asian cultural you know references but in Encanto that shit was everywhere and it will you could tell like they they were there you know yeah. but like in Raya and the Last Dragon it was like a lot of half-assed like oh this is made of silk this is bamboo this is yeah. right and, uh, and but you know yeah. at the same time Disney has been rather subpar pertaining this same type of logic of breaking stereotypes with every other culture except for Latin culture so like they did fantastically with Coco they did a fantastic job with Encanto, but we got Princess and the Frog. You know, Asian people got Raya and the Last Dragon. They did a terrible and job, and this Mulan. is going outside of cartoons. Well, Mulan yes, they did Mulan, but they problems. Yeah, okay. but <laughs> they didn't break though. stereotypes with that, and then they did a terrible job. Yeah, trying hold to up, break. Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! You will not take that away from Mulan. Wait, Mulan no. was all about female empowerment. Yes, True. I'm not trying, talking about that, but. There was still issues with Where's Lang at? He's he's over here cooking something. Because I got um, questions. There I, was got, still I don't know if issues. he's not the representative, but he here. So okay, let me get this out <laughs> first, please. Come on, you got it. There's right. still issues with the with every other culture's movies, except for Hispanic movies, Latin mo- movies, when it pertains to Disney. They even fucked up and granted this is Marvel, they still fucked up Shang-Chi and they did not break any of the stereotypes that they were talking about before. I thought it was Shang. um, I I don't know, Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi. 
listen, I fucked up one name in the episode and it was not clear. So we cannot make any more mistakes. Song she. Yes, please. Yeah, Shelby has questions for an Asian person. I mean, no, don't make it sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what she said. I said, <laughs> I said disclaimer. She's I know you like did I not made this shit up. All, <laughs> you did. You, you said, you said, where's Lang? Shelby, you literally <laughs> said I need a representative. I said, run the tape. Run the tape. Run the tape. No. I said, quote, I know hey, you hey, don't like, speak, speak for your for whole Asians. I said, I know <laughs> for a fact you do not speak for everyone, but you are here. Just so you that's know, what he's I not said. Chinese. Just, okay. just so but that you wasn't, know. That, see, I didn't even wow. get to ask the question before you come at me. Okay, I'm just wow. giving so you a heads up before you put yourself out there and be like, so sh- Shang-Chi, can you tell me how it's pronounced? And he's like, Shelby, I really don't that's know. Not, see, that's what, that's what I wanted him for. <laughs> I, I knew you was wrong with pronouncing of Shang-Chi. Kicking your own grave, kicking your own ass. I am not, because I know she was pronouncing Shang-Chi wrong. That's why I said it. She, y'all ain't about you to talk about Shang-Chi. Guys, mm-hmm. why did we invite Lang over here? Oh, hi, Lang. All right. Fuck y'all. Um, hi. My question is about, ah, uh, bullshit. Is about Mulan. Don't kiss that man like you need him to be on your side in a second. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Okay, so Mulan, right? I'm asking because like I have non-Chinese Asian friends that like we're talking about Mulan too, which is why I was asking for you, Lang, so that I could have an added opinion from someone who is not me because I am not of Asian descent. Yeah, fuck y'all. So I wanted to know whether or not, like, do you have problems with Mulan? Because I feel, my thing is, I feel like there were so many Asians, like, involved in the making of Mulan that, like, if it wasn't acceptable, like, what did I miss? Because I don't pay attention to the shit sometimes when people start debating about, like, movies and stuff, because it's movies and I already know that, like, somebody did it on purpose. data so from the analyses that i've watched about mulan on youtube it's less about the story and more about a lot of the depictions of this particular era in china a lot of the things that they were you know just trying to make it seem like ancient china Uh a lot of that stuff was inaccurate so like the outfit that she was wearing was not actually accurate for the time period that she was supposed to have been in like okay. the the format for like the way that the town was built or whatever i've seen like different cultural complaints with like it not being so accurate. they did like that this is like the general asian like yeah this is like they threw, just it at everybody. threw a bunch of old ancient yeah. asian shit together that's not necessarily chinese enough like okay. let's also not forget that they did colorism inside of Mulan because the good Asians were lighter Asian and the bad Asians were darker skinned in okay. Mulan. Yeah, I just like never talked like I never oh shit. I never um my nails just hit the, the laptop. I've never uh like actually in depth ask anybody about that i'll send you i'll send you a link to a to a a video that i saw i follow this this um woman on youtube 
and she makes videos, you know, breaking down the, the cultural issues with a lot of particularly Disney's older movies. Okay. I thought it was like something with like the jokes that were, were made in the movie. I don't know about that. But. Okay. Yelling. I have a problem with uh, Mulan, um, Shang-Chi, um, and those Asian movies because they they Asian it up too much. Like the whole mystical and, you know, aspect of being Asian. Like, I I don't think anybody really, I don't think any Asian person actually really believes in that shit. So they do what they like used to do with Native Americans. So like noble savage. Mm -hmm. They still do. I mean, they do it with black people too. That everything is tribal. Yeah. Everything yeah. is tribal. Every like with with African people, everything is tribal, and everything is is heavily Africanized or some in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, yeah, that shit do. makes sense. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not. We can't sit here and pretend like Disney has done a phenomenal job since day one. They're working on no. those things. Right. Um, but you know, but in terms of a good step forward, in terms right. of doing it right. Um, it's it's it was a fantastic question. I'm glad that he was down here to be able to answer it. Um, but just in in perspective, Encanto, like like Dana was saying, Encanto is a great step forward for that. And hopefully, they start to apply the same logic that they did with Encanto and the same logic that they had with Coco. Hopefully, they start to apply that to the movies that they are producing with other cultures as main characters because. While you don't have any for like, except for like the short, you don't have any for like Indian people and you don't have many for Middle Eastern people. You um, hardly have a Latin princess. They're going with what trends, honestly. Right, right. And and right now it's it's difficult. Bottom line, it's difficult. I think that Lang made a good point. I'm I'm going back to what Lang said real quick. Um, Because- he did make a good point about not liking Mulan and um, other movies that are supposed to be like Asian cultural films, because I don't, a lot of us are not like cognizant of the stuff that we intake. And it's not because we're not thinking about it and we're not conscious of it. It's just because it's impossible to filter so much shit every day. So I feel like what he said makes sense that shit is annoying because we get annoyed by fucking tyler perry movies or like those overly dramatic ass black movies and i it was funny because my my best friend is uh indian and he's right they play that shit up so much Mm -hmm. right so much in movies and i never i never thought about that before well, yeah, the like, beauty of things like Coco and Encanto is like, especially Encanto is that they embraced culture with subtle notes of culture and, and focused on like music and like background and stuff like that. And the same right. thing with Coco, like they had an idea, but they still kept with their story, you know, and they made the backdrop like a city that's just decorated like you would decorate day of the dead and stuff like that like they're subtle notes but they focused on their story but like when you look at how they do it with everybody else well for black people we can't be black longer than five minutes in a disney movie so Mm. um but that aside 
that aside for everybody else it's either really really chalked up and like overly done or very subpar in the way that they decided to address this or you barely get addressed at all but um i wonder if somebody was smart enough to be like hey maybe like less white people should work on this movie maybe y'all should like take a step back and just do like the final approvals yeah that was Lin, that was what lin-manuel miranda did because when he right. came on they basically it was like a it was i won't say it was a totally white process but they did the typical disney dusting of latinos and lin-manuel miranda well, was like dude no don't fucking do that bro we gotta well, do that out. and they also like white people i don't even think they can help that shit no it's, they exoticize even that that's not a word it is now motherfucker they exoticize <laughs> people of color and other cultures so no matter how hard they try because they don't understand that most the way that they see us is not fucking right, right. so everything they, they're doing is going to come out from that point of view from that lens no matter how hard they try to disguise it because you're fucking you're, you're racist like it's gonna be racist and it's gonna be unacceptable to us because that's just like us talking to y'all in real life and getting all that shit in real life y'all like y'all think that we can't see it because it's in a movie now right right but to um, trying to do our shit but to just fit this in because we've gotten incredibly off topic um Hmm. as we were talking the songs in encanto were catchy culturally relevant performed by famous and recognizable voices and dusted other disney soundtracks that have top billboards in the past including unbelievably frozen so first and foremost we don't talk about bruno was number one on billboard's top global 200 list for seven weeks and is still in the top 10 sitting at number six currently frozen because let's for perspective encanto came out on thanksgiving of last year Encanto came out November of 2021. It is March of 2022, and it is still sitting in the top 10 of of global billboard, of the global billboards. Right. And Frozen, just for comparison, only ever topped out at about number five, and Encanto surpassed that not long after its Disney Plus release. Are we talking about like that, the Let It Go? Are we talking about like the album or like a song? Let It Go. Let It Let Go it was the only one that it got like that high. My ears. <laughs> I'm so serious. I can't no, even agree. Like, 100%. It hits my eardrums and I ha- I can't listen to it because like my brain is rattling. So around the time that Frozen came Wait, out. for which song? Let It Go. Let, Let It Go. go. Oh, absolutely. Adina Menzel. Like yeah. every that oh around the time that that song came out, I had just started working and I was working at a grocery store. And at that grocery store, they play Christmas music. And guess what became a Christmas fucking classic <laughs> at that exact moment? So I was hearing Let It Go like 12 fucking times a day. That is my no good for anybody with migraine. Yeah. Yeah. No, seriously. They they would play like the radio station. And Frozen got to the point, Let It Go got to the point where it was being requested on radios. And so did, so is We Don't Talk About Bruno, actually. But um, Let It Go played like 12, 13 times a shift. And I am just very happy that something with a little spice has hit billboards and, and dusted, <laughs> dusted it genuinely. Because We Don't Talk About Bruno slaps. If you don't want to watch Encanto, 
don't watch Encanto, but listen to We Don't Talk About Bruno. You will not know anything about what it's talking about. You don't have to. You will dance either way. into it. Y'all, I'm like really, really tired and we still have a lot left to do. How are we going to, how are we going to do this? Yeah, let's, we can just move two episodes. You think Uh, so? Yeah, because there's only two more sections. Okay. Well, that okay. Then that means we gotta dust the. Or we gotta get real. Go through the mental health section, like real yes. quick. Yes. Yes. Okay. There's a lot of meat to that section. There's. A I think that we should make it two episodes. Well, I not for our children's cartoon. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. Okay. No <laughs> more tangents. We are on this. No more tangents. They were relevant. Yeah, because realistically, right now we're at about an hour and 15, 25 minutes. That's about minutes. normal for our episodes lately. Yeah, an hour and 25 we did, minutes. So we started mad late. We didn't yeah. start recording until like 9.40 something. Right. I think we're on track, but I'm going to get through it so that mm-hmm. you know, can go to bed because yeah. we probably all need to. Yeah, it's just okay. late. Yeah, so all right, let's do it. <sighs> all right, so yeah, music slaps better than Frozen, doesn't hurt my ears love that yes. for me personally yes. um because i got anxiety and speaking of anxiety queen of transitions let's talk about <laughs> mental health awareness and generational trauma thank that you was like that i told y'all i'll be running this shit i ain't new to this i'm true to this okay um so mental health awareness and generational trauma was like one of the big things in this movie um so mental health awareness talking about your problems being crushed by expectations very relatable to every millennial cough cough especially if you're BIPOC um so Louisa she's the strong one you know never complaining even though the world is on her shoulders and she's asked to do everything like how the fuck do you reroute a river I I was so (laughs) angry for Louisa because like they asked her to do unrealistic shit like how do you realistically reroute you know Isabella's the oldest and then Dolores and Isabella are about the same age Damilo and um, Mirabel are the same age yeah and Louisa then- is 19 maybe it's like a middle child syndrome type thing well Probably, I think honestly. the other issue is that also if you look at their mother their mother is the eldest twin, supposedly, um, according to Disney. The mother is the eldest twin. On top of that, she is the one that heals and helps the whole village when they're ailing and is the one that's constantly helping other people and never stops, like always has food on hand. Mm-hmm. So they're saying that that's a generational thing that yeah. Luisa and Isabella get that from their mom, the constant need to be constantly helping out and not stopping for their own satisfaction or giving themselves a break. Okay, I see that, I see that. Okay. Um, still, how the fuck do you reroute a river? How? Pretty- <laughs> um, and I mean, it's the, the thought, like you said, that they're always helping people. And the thing that came to my mind is uh, like, it's an empath thing, like the need yeah. to be, uh, codependent which doesn't mean what the fuck i thought it meant it that means that you like you need to help other people like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's i did not think that that's what codependent meant i felt no, like I, 
I thought that it was like you need other people but it's really like you feel compelled to help other people as like a means of having worth like are you telling me that I've oh, been codependent my entire life yeah uh yeah, yeah. okay yeah. <laughs> long story oh, wait, I have a book I have a book TLDR yes I so codependent no more I haven't read it yet but like I've skimmed it back and like looked at it and shit I'm really excited to read it but if you code if that you relate to having to do for other people because you feel bad if you don't like you feel like a bad person if you're not constantly doing things for other people but you never do anything for yourself because you feel like you don't deserve it you might be codependent we'll call you a Louisa yeah you might be a Louisa so that is very relevant. And I feel like a lot of people, especially people of color, can mm-hmm. relate to that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're a middle child or like one of the, el- the elder children mm-hmm. in a family. Um, so Isabella, pretty and perfect, ornamental. We all know one, beautiful, and makes flowers. So she's thought of as like a literal decoration, yep. um, like the trophy child. She yep. sings a whole song about figuring out that she's more than that. Which but is true. Journey. Yeah, it's definitely a journey that like not necessarily going from like perfect to figuring out that you can be a person, which is very relevant to some people. Mm-hmm. But like just figuring out that you're more than what your family thinks you are, period. Right. I think that was important to see. Exactly. Subverting expectations. Yeah. So that one's a good one. Um yeah. And I feel like that for her, that was like a, a self thing. Like you said, like, it's not what your family thinks of you. Um, but like to the expectation part, it's like, what do I have to do to keep their, their love? Mm-hmm. So it's not just the expectation thing. Like if I'm not perfect, if I'm not making flowers, like mm-hmm. I'm not acceptable as a person. And then like towards the end, she's like, fuck it. I like cactuses and shit. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna do it. Cause I like it. Exactly. Well, I think it's Isabella in particular was an interesting like you got to see the flip side of the golden child stereotype, you know, because, yeah, a lot of the time you see depictions of the golden child are always like they're perfect, they're smart, they're amazing and they know it and they are always on the parent's side and they're snitches and they're dicks and they're assholes and and they're they're smart and hey, I'm perfect and I'm amazing and everybody else sucks blah blah blah. Isabella was the flip side of that because like yeah she's the golden child but she hates her life like mm-hmm. she she's stuck being perfect because she feels like she she, has to. she's being forced to be that because mm-hmm. everybody expects her to be you know the flower the ornament the perfect beautiful amazing you know and head no of the option. family. Yeah, exactly. there's no, that's the big thing is that there's no option. Her, her grandmother forces that. And there was a, mm-hmm. there was a key part in the movie that kind of illustrates that when they were sitting at the table and um, they were asking about her, her marriage or her proposal with Mariano mm-hmm. and she hears about how he wants five kids. Is he want five? five, five? He wants five babies. And then she like, Basically has her mild version of a heart attack. All the little flowers pop up on her head. Mm-hmm. But then Abuela is over at her and plucks the only flower that is white yep. from her hair. 
and throws it away while the remaining pink flowers stay in her hair. Yeah, Isabella was basically supposed to be the next family representative because mm-hmm. part of, you know, Abuela's trying to force this perfect image of the family out there. Well, she's perfect. She's beautiful. She makes these pretty, perfect, amazing flowers. And that's all that she was really expected to be. They didn't expect a lot of Isabella besides being perfect and creating the next generation of Madrigals. That's really all they kind of wanted. Flowers. Super and flowers when flowers were needed, but flowers yeah. don't really help anybody. They just make shit pretty, which is awesome. But again, ornamental. Flowers yeah. are not fundamental. Abuela wanted a baby put. farm. Yeah, huh? then that that's something I think that we might actually have to address in the second uh, episode um, later down the line. But that's something that is incredibly problematic is how we have it. We're not very many people are addressing exactly how Abuela wanted to create the perfect Madrigal family yeah. by forcing this marriage and creating essentially designer children yeah um mm-hmm. i mean you guys have talked talked about that right with the uh advanta la raza yeah 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 so, no it's the same I mean, concept she just wanted to throw it together and honestly i i am pretty sure it's because mariano looked like abuelo Mm-hmm. But yeah, she just wanted a pretty bit, you know, you're rich and beautiful. We're rich and beautiful. Have that was dumb as hell. She just wanted more superpower babies. That's yeah. Right. That's I think awesome. it was just the fear because of what happened with Mirabel not getting any type of powers that we'll she was back. determined back. to. Um, She's desperate, desperate to get more magical children in the house to continue on this miracle. Which would explain why Peppa is out here having little Antonio, but she's 50. Oh, yeah. There's a a theory that um, Peppa only had Tonito because Mirabel didn't get a gift. Yeah, it makes sense. It checks. The timeline checks. It does. I know the, the creator said that they were like, no, because that's, you know, too dark, but like it checks. Okay. I believe it. I believe the it. The good dinosaur is all I'm gonna say about being dark in Disney. I'm not letting it go. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. So Mirabel, which I think this is so actually funny that you said um, something about Mirabel not being like special, or whatever. Because halfway mm-hmm. through this movie, I was like, this bitch is superpower. Better not be the power of unity. Okay. <laughs> better not be some kumbaya shit. And what was it? Some kumbaya shit. I said. <laughs> Her superpower better not be that like she's empathetic and that's what the fuck it was. There's so many, no, but there's so many theories. Hold on. I don't believe that she's unity. I believe personally that Mirabelle herself is the magic. Not that she is unity, but there's so many, right, or will be the magic when Abuela, you know, does her Abuela thing. Her power Um, will be Huh? I think. I think her power is her connection to her family because she's going to be the next keeper of the candle. But that's a yeah. theory unconfirmed by anybody or Disney or whatever. Oh, but I, I agree with you. It was kind of a bummer that her her power was her super friendship with her family, basically. Yeah, that would have been some shit I wrote in fifth grade. Do better. <laughs> like, I should not have been able to figure that shit out before like the climax of the movie. Yeah. I had no problem with it. And about being the candle bearer, I think like if they since it's going to be a TV show, hopefully mm-hmm. they dig more into that because then yeah. like 
when Antonio is old enough to have kids, then one of his kids would be born without powers because they'd be the next. Yeah, probably. Right. Like yeah. if you're going by like how long a generation is or whatever. Right. Which sense. is important. So, like, every third generation. Yeah, like has. someone has to bear the candle yeah. and not have right. powers. Right. So so talking about her not specialness, right? And in yeah. the candle bearing, it is it's relevant. Um, mm-hmm. because this has real life applications for a lot of people that she's exceptional in every way, except for the fact that like sis literally does not have like a physically um manif- manifested power that people right. can see it doesn't like shoot lightning um, bolts right right or grow flowers and shit mm-hmm. um but because of that her family is constantly like shitting on sis mm-hmm. and we can say devalued but this is not for the kids so i'm gonna say shit and now they be shitting mm-hmm. on sis um just because they can't see past that which happens like there's black sheeps and families yep just solely based off of the fact that like somebody is different and especially again in like colored families we tend to be like okay but yeah like this is how we got it set up because it works and Mm -hmm. you're not doing that thing and you're putting us all at risk like get with it we don't care if you can't help it like you need to find a way they treated her like a child like she was totally incompetent incapable Mm -hmm. of doing anything for herself because she didn't have some kind of superpower and like it wasn't just superpower shit that they treated her like a baby for like yeah she brought groceries in the house and they were like oh maybe you should let somebody else do that like she's not handicapped she just doesn't have a superpower they were infantilizing her yeah the whole time and like it really made me mad because again like you just said you know she can't see how amazing she is because her family spends their whole life shitting on her but like if you look at Mirabel so like you know the decorations on her clothes right Uh she does those herself because her clothes don't come decorated Because, like, everybody else, their clothes have, like, little things relevant to their gifts on them. Her Mm -hmm. clothes don't have anything on them. Her clothes don't come with anything on them. So she does it herself, right? And if you look at her shit, it's amazing. It's, like, intricate. And she's got something representing everybody on her shit. And she does that. Like, she's the only one that has, like, real regular, like, interactions with the people. That's what I was going to say. She's the only one with the history of the family. Like, she's the one who's telling everybody else. Exactly. She's the one that goes out into the town and gets to know the townspeople. And she's the one that brings a lot of that information back to the Madriga family. So she's doing Ooh, her candle job. Candlekeeper theory looks good. I'm just saying. She, she's doing her job in every way possible, except for the fact that she doesn't shoot lightning bolts out of her fingertips. And right. they treat her like dog shit the whole time. And it just made me so angry. Speaking but like, of being shit on. Facts. <laughs> we can talk about Bruno. Y'all can stop saying we can't talk about Bruno. Like, no, we finna talk about Bruno. Bruno. By right, the way, no. I resent the fact that it's the black family that couldn't keep a secret. I don't like I that. I do hate that part too. <laughs> I do hate that part. I'm not gonna lie. That, that whole annoyed family me. was like, we 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 won't talk about Bruno, but but <laughs> but that's that's real nigga shit. Like every time I hear stuff about like like uh, like everybody else who's not white, basically. Yeah. Is that like every time you hear these stories and they're like, yeah, Filipino people and African people and Asian people, like 
it all sounds similar to us it does because we we've lived in like the same oppressive ass world so like shit that we all can look at and be like that's some white people shit it's because we all would never do that shit for reasons um but talking about um talking about people after you say you ain't gonna talk about people is that's some colored shit right there. that is that's <laughs> nigga shit that's that's for real that, <laughs> that i don't want to be one to start spreading rumors and shit <laughs> i heard from somebody today so yeah let's talk about bruno um who is the weird outcast but he's really not right because mirabelle is there she's an outcast she's just the one that they've successfully like kind of shooed away um Mm -hmm. so he's misunderstood by his family that he feels the best that sentence is fucked up oh no i had it okay you got it yeah okay yeah i'll start over it's fine um okay so he feels like he's the weird one which you know lots of people can relate to that I feel like a lot of kids actually can relate to that that's kind of just like a stage of life um Mm -hmm. that he feels misunderstood by his family and the best way that he can help them is to disappear I'm gonna just say right now Bruno is depression a thousand percent a thousand yes absolutely I think he's depression and also some sort of neurodivergency like some sort of autism spectrum disorder because like the way he has to do the knocking and the salt and the sugar and he won't step on cracks and he has to put on a mask well anxiety causes like OCD behavior too well, yeah, but like I feel like the combination of all of that was supposed to represent somebody with with some kind of neurotypical or neurodivergent, all inclusive neurodivergent. Yeah, something. exactly. We'll Disney behavior. Something. Yeah, right. Exactly. Also, though, I'm gonna be the one to say it because nobody else will. Bruno is fine as hell. So. Hell yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, there we go. Good. Good. Agreed. A real life Bruno. He's such a bean. I he's so adorable. I love him so much. You know what? This is gonna sound weird, but the the dude who's on um bad girls, good girls, good girls. I don't know. Nobody watches good girls? No. No. Oh my god. (laughs) I need y'all to watch good girls. It's about like these suburban bitches that get caught up in drug trading. Yeah. I fucks with it honestly we'll add that to the list okay so the bad guy in that i kind of fucks with that idea as bruno if you know you know i don't know to tell you <laughs> okay bruno's depression yes. <laughs> we talked about bruno moving on peppa hide your feelings peppa's emotions uh manifest physically so she's constantly told not to feel her feelings because they annoy people which only makes the problem worse because then she's stressing out about not stressing. Peppa, anxiety. 100%. Mm-hmm. Okay, listen, I'm going to tell y'all my self-insert. So to me, <laughs> Peppa, no, to me, Peppa, I was like, this bitch is bipolar. I was about to and say, I mean oh, personality disorder. Way, like, I'm bipolar and she mm-hmm. reads as bipolar as hell Agreed. to me. Well, I don't. And the way the family treats her is the way family members treat people that are bipolar. Here's my question, though. Is it bipolar or is it like a personality, like a borderline thing? Because she switches, like she switches so quickly. 
Is bipolar no, that I don't bad? Think we, I don't think we see enough to say it's borderline personality disorder because that would be like, and we'd have right. to see her intimate relationship. Yeah, um, yeah okay. we'd have to see how she really interacts like really closely with everybody. But um, it was, it, it's the way the family treats her that made me yeah. think that she was bipolar. Um, like how they're all like kind of low-key scared of her. And annoyed um, by her. And yeah, annoyed by her, scared by her, the masking, like, all of it and like how she stims to like self-soothe yeah i was just like that's bipolar so what about the husband though i think he's just neurotypical and supportive okay okay that's what i got felix and augustine are underrated but i will talk about that after sydney okay um well what i was going to say was that i think in peppa instead is that with her if you notice the whole entire family kind of bases their opinions off the other family members based on how abuela treats those family members and so while i don't think because if you look at peppa's kids they treat peppa really well by felix's coaching Mm -hmm. and they're not disrespectful to and the other children um are not disrespectful to her either however i think that the energy that abuela feeds off if you really look at it abuela is the one who's always like you have a cloud you're the person that like yeah you're abuela's a fucking when it comes to this it's always abuela we'll come we'll talk <laughs> and the family never hops up and defends whatever family member abuela is attacking at that time because like the sisters the whole family had the opportunity to stop abuela from going in on mirabelle multiple and times they fixed when they were fixing the house up and um singing what else can i do like she comes in and it's like you're the one that's ruining everything and the house starts to break down they all could have stepped in but when abuela is having her little meltdown thing <coughs> nobody ever wants to step in mm-hmm. and so the hardest thing i think honestly in this entire movie peppa has the hardest job because her emotions are tied or her her powers are tied so closely to her emotions she has to constantly keep those emotions in check to not cause some sort of natural disaster and unlike some of the other characters she can't turn her powers off right so like isabella can decide when she doesn't doesn't want to make flowers uh, but peppa when that if she feels something it manifests in weather and that's got to be that's got to be so stressful like all the time and you're constantly being told to like put that shit away like how bitch bruno was saying that in here what the fuck do you want me to do about like that's why i love at the end of the movie like when she's dancing and happy and it's hair yeah 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 it was very cute Mm -hmm. and i i loved like in the last song i forget what the name of the song is at this moment but in the very last song where bruno was like bro i wasn't trying to it wasn't a prophecy i could just see you sweating yeah yeah i can feel your feelings yeah yeah like felix was like that's what i've been saying bro i was like fuck (laughs) yeah you've been saying i've been trying to help this hoe yeah and, and like no it makes sense and i it's i think Peppa in particular is relatable to people who have like disorders that manifest in very physical ways so like when you have to repeat things or when you like have very anxiety that manifests very close to the surface and things that that people are annoyed by when, mm. you, when you actually manifest symptoms um it's this this movie with all of these guys you know this movie had a lot of a, a lot of a lot more 
deeply felt archetypes for the, for these characters that I feel like is because there's millennials in the writing room <laughs> now at this right. cuz I think this movie was written by millennials for millennials because it was also about really just about getting an apology from your family. Like that, that that's really what this movie boiled down to. You also know that like, like we were saying earlier that too many white people couldn't have been involved because this is a lot of this stuff is just stuff that somebody would be Lost. looking through things and being like, oh, 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 we should add in or, oh, make sure you do this. Cause like, you gotta do this. So we have to include this. Yeah. Like it's, it's more authentic. It's, it's, a lo- it's a lot of like cultural nuance that you wouldn't understand if you were outside of the culture trying to recreate it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Which I think makes sense. Like, cause people don't really understand a lot of white people when they read the, into this story, they're like, oh, well, mira, ben, she should have just packed her shit and left. She mm-hmm. should have just not tolerated her family saying nothing to her. You should have just packed your shit and like, but you don't understand how deeply intrinsically tied like brown people are to their family. You don't just pick up and leave your family. Like that's right. not something that we do. So like where y'all are just, oh, she's being bullied. She just needs to go. Like you don't feel it the same way that we feel it because we understand you, you can't just leave. That's like, not especially really like, you can't depend on like other people if you don't have your family and you're brown right like, exactly you can't trust every like ev- well what my family would say every nigga in the street so no, you're right yeah you, like you can't trust these bitches so if you don't have your family this is the like the way that most of us are taught like if you don't have your family here no matter like how much you might not want to fuck with them on like the a daily basis like uh-huh. if you don't have somebody there when shit gets real then like you are alone yep and that hangs over like most brown people so and the amount of shit that you are willing to take from your family brown people are willing to take a lot more shit from their family like white people desert each other over nothing like kill each other for insurance yeah kill each other for insurance disown children for sexuality like y'all do all kinds of absolutely wild shit we don't really do with our family and we are traumatized often by that you know tenant of our relationships to our family we don't let go of family even when it's not serving us like it's very obviously not serving Mirabel to be there but Mm -hmm. she feels obligated to be there and, and Bruno as well he lived in the fucking walls bro and you know that the grandma knows because she's trying so hard to get her <laughs> approval and like she is just snapping the whole movie that's yeah. how you know because she, when she's upset everyone has to care the entire movie she's ignoring mirabelle like she's just making sure everybody's in their spot yeah yeah she's orchestrated like the dinner mm-hmm. with the the other family and it has to be like this big beautiful thing like you said she doesn't go out into the town to like be with people mirabelle is doing that Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like actually showing how great the family is, like she's the one in front. She's the one who's like, hey, we are the Madrigals. Like, mm-hmm. like we are royalty to you because she wants to be important. Well, she feels obligated to, which actually is going to lead into the next thing that we're going to talk about, generational trauma. Um, Abuela feels obligated to put on this facade, to put on this brave face, to put on this responsibility. And I think Sydney is going to talk about that. Right. So 
in general, generational trauma trickles down and affects every single generation that is after you. Um, and you can kind of see this in the movie of Encanto because initially, um, which by the way, is based off of real, not necessarily real life events, but like, no, it is news, real news. Um, the invasion of Colombia by colonizers and that that is chasing people, days. the native people of Colombia mm-hmm. out of their regular cities. That's something that's actively happening. But they're demonstrating that in the movie Encanto, showing that colonizers are chasing out the, the, the townspeople, including Abuela and Abuelo Pedro, excuse me, including Abuela and Abuela, um, Abuelo Pedro, and catch up to them eventually. Um, and you end up losing Abuelo at that moment. Mm-hmm. That traumatized Abuela. And then her drama made her feel completely and totally responsible for the miracle and the encanto that was blessed upon them after Pedro had passed. Mm-hmm. So she pushed her whole family away to basically prove themselves worthy of the miracle by um, serving the encanto as a whole. Um, and honestly, it sets a precedence because it even starts before the encanto is made because mm. Pedro is the one that steps, step, that stands up to these colonizers. There's more than one man in that crowd of people that are around them. There's more than one person as opposed to these colonizers. There was three, like in the, in the photo for real, for real, or in the video for real, there was only three of them. And there are more than three villagers at that point, but they took it upon themselves to be, or he took it upon himself to be the protector of that entire village worth of people. And I think that was meant to demonstrate the like self-sacrificing nature of Pedro, but also of Abuela. I have the perfect ending to this to bounce off of all of that. The point is that even though they were not in the movie for that long, that the trauma caused by the grandmother that got passed down, even though it wasn't their responsibility to fix, the origin is what? White people. White people. Fucking shit up. Bad guys of the story. Grandma's not even the bad guy. She's traumatized. Nobody has, there's nobody there to teach her what the fuck she's supposed to do. Nope. Until until Mary Bell comes around and is like, "Hey, look, we're literally just alike." Well, no, grandma, grandma's still a villain in a little bit because, like, hundred percent, she's still a villain. I'm not gonna take that one away, But she's 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 like like her apology was not good enough. Her apology to the to to Mirabel because she didn't really apologize to the rest of the family. She was just like, "Ah, damn, I've been treating y'all like this." let's sing <laughs> and then she doesn't actually like apologize to the family for how she treated them like she literally used one of her granddaughters like a pack mule and she yeah. doesn't apologize for that so at all. Like, pack mule was packing the mules that's how much yeah. she treated no, abuela, she i think abuela was a was a villain but was also a victim Right. And Abuela's, I think it was important to see Abuela as 
both because you get to see her origin story you saw her villain story right Mm -hmm. and i I actually i thought it was interesting because if you watch you know the very beginning of Encanto shows you that story of you know what happens how they got the miracle or whatever and it's a very polished version of events like in that version of events you don't see like abuela breaking down in tears and and abuelo you know falling down in the river or whatever you don't see any of that Whereas in the version where she actually tells Mirabel, you know, exactly what happened, you see the raw version of what happened. She was Mm -hmm. very clearly still wounded by that version, but she had to paint it to make it nice, you know, to to make it this legend to 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 put on this brave face so she could continue to raise the Encanto. So she very clearly and three twins and three babies by itself. Mm -hmm. Triplets. (laughs) Twins means two, three triplets. Oh, yeah, triplets, excuse me. <laughs> um, but yeah, she had to raise three babies by herself. And there were, they made a very good point to demonstrate how fucking lonely she had to have been for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where I'd be terrified of losing my family too. And I would link, you know, if I lose this miracle, I lose my family. Yep. So she was terrified. So, But still a villain because you are a, an adult. Because there's no accountability. Exactly. At a certain point, you have to take accountability for what you've done and you, uh, but also at a certain point, you have to recognize like, how is it when your son disappears, uh, is like just disavowed, disc, uh, what is it? Excommunicated from the family. Grandma. Yeah. Like how do you think it's better for your family to let your whole son leave? Then I just say this. To be fair. There is an argument that Abuela is not the actual villain. The argument is that Dolores is the actual villain of uh, of Encanto because first and foremost, Dolores can hear any and everything in in the village. Her room is not soundproof because she said she could hear Luisa's eye twitching all night. So that means she could hear the cracks. When Mirabel came forward and said, hey, things are cracking, she didn't come back and defend Mirabel whatsoever. On top of that, she knew Bruno was traveling throughout the house because she says several times, oh yeah, I knew. It. And at the end, she's like, I knew he never left. I heard him every single day. And but so she wasn't he talking him. to himself though. He was yeah. talking in general, but she can hear it. He so heard she that. heard him talking. He yeah. She heard that too. And they tried to throw in some bullshit line about her thinking that the rats were talking. Right. I would have just figured that she heard it and then was just like, okay, well, obviously he's in the walls for a reason if she can hear all the shit that he's saying. No, they never really, they, they never, never explained her reasoning for not laziness. No, I think Dolores is a problem. Well, I think what's going on is that Dolores, think about it. She is the only Madrigal that has a power that she cannot, like, well, Peppa can't turn hers off either. I know. Peppa can't turn hers off, but it's external. Dolores is all internal and in her head constantly. She hears everything, not just in her room, not just in her general vicinity. She hears everything outside the, to, to the full extent of the Encanto. And so she can never turn that off. When she goes home, she's got to learn how to, how to like sleep, hearing all of the extra noises of the entire village. She has to sleep in, in 
if she can even sleep with all that extra noise that she's constantly processing. Now, with the house cracking and everything breaking down, what was happening? People were losing their powers. So for somebody who has powers that are incredibly, insanely interruptive of her daily life, why would you want them to stop? Which is why people are saying she's a villain because she's she like- wanted the magic to go. Right. Why would, why would she want to keep it? Because she never gets a break from hearing everybody else's oh, shit. talking. My only question with, with that would be how did Dolores know from the jump that Mirabel would be responsible for destroying the magic? But also, why wouldn't she try Wait, to What, what part are you stop? talking about? So you're saying that, like, Dolores has been hearing the cracks, has been hearing the everything, uh-huh. everything that's been happening, right? Mm-hmm. But how did she know that Mirabel was responsible for that? She didn't. But she knew that the magic was going already. But because... then, okay, so I'm asking, why would she be withholding that information? Well, because if somebody talks about it, they're going to want to find a way to fix it. Like Abuela is going to want to find a way to fix it. Everybody else who's powerful and doesn't hate their powers, they're going to want to try to find a way to fix it. If she says something, they'll want to fix. If she stays quiet, they won't have to fix. She can hear it all breaking. And so she's like, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Or there's that or she also just felt as intimidated as everybody else does around abuela and abuela wanted that shit kept quiet which we know she did and she was just like you know what i'm not trying to get on abuela's bad side so i'm gonna pretend like none of this actually fucking happened like well, I have as idea. one who normally knows some shit and don't say shit about things i would argue that she just decided to mind her own motherfucking business because that's what I would do like if I knew that it was some shit that would cause problems and that that problem like was not worth my interruption like interrupting like my daily life or me putting my energy into it or just as a regular ass trauma response because I don't have the energy for it sis might have just been like what happens happens I'm gonna mind my fucking business She's always in everybody's business. I subscribe to the she just decided to keep her fucking mouth shut. Yeah. I don't want to say there was malicious intent or that I want to destroy the magic intent. I think it was just I'm going to mind my motherfucking business until I don't have to. Because I would would choose that option. It's just a theory. Well, yeah, no, I know. I'm I'm saying that, like, I am, I am um responding to that theory saying that i don't know if i agree with dolores being like the villain i do agree that she chose she very selectively chose when and when not to mind her own business yeah because she would be like hey you know i heard it right like so she's i don't think that she was trying to destroy the magic i think she was just like this too much um Mm -hmm. i'm gonna bow out this y'all got it um and which is not okay it's not but it's <laughs> but i get you, it if you were hearing all right. that shit all the time that's like being the person in the family that everyone runs to with a problem all the time but nobody is like hey what you got going on so this is probably right like, it. um well at the end of the day i mean i think that encanto itself did a very good job at showcasing 
A little bit of everyone. So, mm-hmm. and, and this is important because, well, first and foremost, representation matters. It's important to be able to portray BIPOC, not just positively, but as human beings and as individuals for not conforming to special stereotypes. And I think that's that's really important by this. And it highlights and showcases a whole bunch of different type of people. So, I mean, I know for me, one of the biggest things outside of the, 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 the colors, um, uh, the melanin behind the characters, one of the biggest things for me is that Disney always produces music and princesses that sing in soprano tones. Yeah, Disney always produces music that is almost impossible for your average alto to be able to sing on, you know, that for fun. complaint you got there. It, it's, it's just, it's true. <laughs> though like, like if don't. you want to sing disney songs you have to be a 16 year old girl like that's right it. i like be prepared though yes, yes but that's it's, but that's also a man right so it's a man singing it but whenever there's a woman's part they usually choose a unless soprano. she's mm-hmm. a villain unless she's a villain like ursula right. is not a soprano obviously yeah. but like that's what they always choose to do. And so it, it showcases even small things. There's some some possible way that you can relate to this movie in, yep. in a way. Here's Just the thing. One. Disney is so is lazy and people don't realize that because they enjoy the fact that Disney makes them feel good. Like when you think of Disney, like you don't think of like the problems in the world. It's like childhood. Right. Yep. So Disney has a very specific formula for the movies that it makes. And that's why I said the thing about the dialing now, because they're adjusting it to see what they need to do going forward. Mm-hmm. Because for the long, they were so lazy at one point that they were using the same fucking like uh, templates for movies and then just changing little details for scenes because it was easier to do like Disney is out here to make money they're not a their their job is not you know to uh educate people and bring us all together their job well is to make money but and they're gonna do it like you said earlier like they're doing it ethically and we appreciate like we enjoy it we love it and that's I'm like I'm gonna leave it on a good note like we enjoy it and we love it <laughs> um but yeah you know no, you're you're absolutely right. Like they're definitely doing it deliberately so as to milk every last dollar from us that we that we have and are willing to spend. That being said, credit where credit is due, they did a good job. Them songs bang. Bruno was the man. Bruno was the yeah. man. Luisa then, is my favorite character, hands down. I'm sorry. The shapeshifter kid. I Gummy enjoy. Look. Yeah. I like Gummy Look. Gummy maker. But he didn't say enough for me to get like a good grip on his personality, you know? If they make but a series, he should like her. definitely be like a main side, like her her main person to always be with. Because okay. they're like almost the same ish age, right? They are the same age, I think. Yeah, and like real older. troublemaker like, vibes in a good way. He's yeah. a little older than her. They're the same age. They're both fifteen, but he's older than her. He was born yeah. earlier in the year. I would watch that show. I'll be watching the kid Disney show. I'm probably gonna watch when when the show comes out. I'm probably gonna watch it. Keeping ear and an eye out for our community project, The Ujama List, our endeavor in collective economics. Be sure to keep an ear out for our new website and merchandise coming soon. We will make sure to keep you all updated. Want us to address something you haven't heard on the podcast yet? Slide into our DMs on Instagram at the Pod.
And that is a wrap on this episode of the Cage Bird Chronicles podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Links to everything we've discussed in this episode are in the show notes. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Cage Bird Pod. Subscribe to our Patreon and listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. You can expect our podcast to be released weekly for your enjoyment. Bye!